Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Belong Church. I'm so glad that you're here with us. And we have a new bumper video this week, and I love how it ended with Elements. Because as we're going through this series that wasn't originally intended to be a series, it's kind of just ended up kind of folding all in there, and it is the elements of what our life should look like. And what we should have, if we're walking this walk with Christ, we're going to start seeing some things come together, and that is the elements that I love there. Of course, today is Super Bowl Sunday, so I'm sure a lot more people are going to be watching the video after the fact than are watching live at 11 o'clock because you're heading to Super Bowl parties and got all that going on, and I'm sure you've got the team that you're rooting for, but for me, if the Cowboys aren't in it, I don't really care. But we'll watch the game. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, I've got a whole bunch to go through today, so I'm going to jump right into it. Our text that we've been using for all of this is found in Galatians chapter 5, and it says that the fruits of the Spirit is produced by the Holy Spirit in our lives. So as we walk this walk with Christ, as I already said just a few minutes ago, we're supposed to have this fruit producing in our lives. This isn't something we're supposed to just have up on our wall in our office. This isn't just a bumper sticker for our car, but this is something in our lives. We should start demonstrating this outside. So we'll see that screen says, in our lives there's love, joy, we're talking about this morning, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, we're talking about, and self-control. And it says, and there's no law against this. In other words, if you do all these things, there is not going to be anything that's going to bad happen to you because these are all very, very good things. Some people would say, well, what if I do this Christian walk and, and there really isn't a God? You've become a better person. So at a very minimum, there's nothing wrong. It's all going to happen in a wonderful way. Now, we've also been looking at the antithesis of the fruits of the Spirit. That's what comes naturally in our life is hate. Sadness is going to be the antithesis of of what we're looking at, joy and anxiety and patience, envy, evil, infidelity, brutality, and self-indulgence. These are things that just happen automatically. So as we're making this transition from the world's way to having the fruit of God in our lives and do things God's way, we see that there's this transition. So these things come naturally, but we have to work a little bit to get to the other side. And I've said so many times that we're transitioning from this world's way that Jesus talks about in John 10.10 over to this place that he says, I've given you life to the full. This most amazing life that's over here, but you don't just get it. You don't just end up there all by yourself and just by accident, just automatically comes to you. It requires something of us. And the way we start this journey on having the fruits of the Spirit is this one word, surrender. It is where I have to surrender what comes natural to me, which is the antithesis of the fruits of the Spirit. And I have to surrender to God and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust in you that you're going to lead me in a better way. As I was thinking about the, the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, the, the thought came up to me that someone is a gentle man, someone who isn't raging and who isn't angry and just outbursting all the time, but someone who's gentleman, who's opened the door for you, and, and this kindness, and it just kind of puts a smile on your face when you think about the word gentleman. And, and the same thing for lady, but gentleman's got the word gentle in it, and it just makes me smile. 
So as we're thinking about the word gentleness, I actually went and looked at the exact Greek word that is mentioned in Galatians 5, and here are some scriptures that detail that exact words. 1 Corinthians 4, starting with verse 20. For the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. And I love that because it's not just saying that these are just nice words. This is just something for you on Sunday. This is just something for a bumper sticker. But this is actually how we live our lives. This is power for our daily life to help. So tomorrow doesn't look like today. The next verse says, but what do you desire? God says, how do you want, how do you want your life to be? What is it that you desire? And, and I, I would pass that on this morning. What is it you desire? And he says, shall I come to you with a rod? Or do you want me to come with love and a spirit of gentleness? And, and in that way, he's saying we're supposed to be as it is in heaven, let it be done on earth. That's the same way we should be done. When the kingdom of heaven is being pulled to the earth, it's not just in words, but it's in power. But how is it you want? Do you want to deal with me as a God where, where I'm dealing with you with a rod? Or do you want me as God to deal with you with love and a spirit of gentleness? then if that's how I want God to respond to me, that's how I also need to respond. That's where the fruit of gentleness comes into my life, that it's not normal for me to deal with that way. When someone bothers you and someone get, has a problem that comes up, you want to deal with the rod, right? You want to like dane them across the head. You want to give them the five-fold discount, just like pop them right in the mouth, you know? But he says, hey, this, this change that happens in your life comes with God's love and the Spirit of gentleness. Look at this in Galatians 6. It says, brethren, even if one of you is caught in any trespass, in other words, you caught him red-handed, and it says in any, so it doesn't say if it's the minor ones, but even if it's the big ones, okay, they, they got caught in anything. You who are spiritual, in other words, you who are displaying the fruits of the Spirit in your life, you should beat them down. You should tell everybody what they've done. No, it says restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. But you don't understand what they did to me. You don't understand how bad this thing was. It, it doesn't talk about how bad what they did. It talks about me and how I deal with them. Restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself. He goes, hey, I'm, I'm directing this to those who are spiritual, but now I'm going to say it to everybody. Each one of you looking at yourself, make sure you're not being tempted. Hey, we're all going to fall. We're all going to miss it. And I keep saying all the time, I miss it all the time, and I'm very much in need of a Savior. I'm not standing here or representing that I've got it all together. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, I'm the chief among sinners. You want to see somebody who's done the worst? Man, that is me. Next verse says, bear one another's burdens. In other words, recognize that you too can be tempted. You too can have something bad happen in your life. And if something happens to you, you want to be restored. Isn't that amazing? If, if we make a mistake, aren't we the ones calling for grace and mercy? Aren't we the ones going, oh, well, won't you please just give me a second chance, won't you? But when somebody does it to us or we see somebody far off, it's a lot more difficult to say, hey, you deserve a second chance. But if we bear one another's burdens... We're going to take on and realize that we're all in this together and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? We looked at it just a few weeks ago. Love 
one another. God loves me, Jesus said, and I came to love you. Love one another. That is his law. Look at Ephesians 4, says, verse 1, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Hey, you say you're a Christian? You say you're a follower of Christ? Man, walk. Let your life demonstrate that. Let the fruits of the Spirit be growing and, and starting to produce in the way you've called with all humility, and here's that word again, and gentleness. See, gentleness needs to be a characteristic that is, is, is seen around us. That that's how someone would say, hey, he is a gentleman. She is a gentle woman. They, they walk in humility. And where I would have got, like, wrote that person off a long time ago, they seem to give an extra realm. With patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. And man, that just flows right into the previous scripture where we're supposed to bear one another. And hey, realizing that, hey, I may miss it today and you may miss it tomorrow. And hey, we're all going to bear with each other. Verse 3. And being diligent to preserve the unity in the spirit in the bond of peace. Think about that. If I'm bearing your burdens and you're bearing my burdens and I miss it, I trip and fall and you help restore me, you help pick me up, you dust the, the, the dust off my knees, you help me get back up and, and upright again and, and then you fall and I'm like, hey, here, I'm, here, I'm here for you. See, God's always there with his hand outstretched to help you up. And if we're walking, if we're resembling him, we're going to be doing that same thing and that preserves the unity and it preserves the peace. James chapter 1 says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. If there's anything good going on, it's from God. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadows. And, and it was humorous to me. that There's nothing shady going on with God. He, he's not up there like doing anything shady. There's a, it's all, hey, it's all straightforward. Verse 18, in the exercise of his will, he brought forth, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we could be a kind of first fruits. He, he, he sent all of this and he did all this so that we could now bear fruit of who we are in him. Verse 19, this is, this you know, my brother, my, ah, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. He kind of takes a little twist here in, the, in this scripture, and I love it. But look at this. This is what you need to do. First of all, man, if we could just do this scripture and that's the only one for the entire message, that would be amazing. This one is a mouthful. This is definitely a refrigerator verse or a mirror verse to say, because this is what we need to hear. I need to hear every day. I need to be quick to hear. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to listen. I need to be slow to speak that even when I'm here, I'm not going to try and jump out there. And then I'll be slow to anger. Verse 20. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. In other words, what God wants to happen in our lives is not achieved when you get angry. Look at this. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and that which remains wicked. Now, what is he talking about in the previous verses? Being angry. That's what he's saying. That's filthiness. 
And that's wickedness. In humility, receive the word that's implanted. Hey, you're, you're reading the Bible. You're listening to the Bible. and the one-year Bible, you're listening to a message. That's getting implanted inside of you. And it says, and that is able to save your soul. That's where the transformation happens. Now, there's a salvation where you accept Christ for the first time, and, and then your, your destination of eternity is changed. But this is talking about your day-to-day, -day, how your life is. Are you going to live in the crappy side of the world, or are you going to live in this life to the full that Jesus describes? And it's, it's interesting that that word humility is the same word as gentleness. In humility, in gentleness, receive the word. Like, okay, just be pliable to God and say, okay, God, what do you have for me? I, I, I'm here. I'm willing. I, I'm ready to receive it. Transitioning now to the word joy. In Matthew 25, 23, and we're not going to go there because I have so many scriptures. I'm trying to keep this down to the time frame. It says, enter into the joy of the Lord. And it's a parable that Jesus is talking about that at that last day when we're called to account for what we've done, the ones who've done it right, he goes, hey, enter into the joy of the Lord, the joy that God has for you having done the right thing. For you having transitioned and built the fruit of the Spirit inside of you, the same joy that we're to have, it says that we're going to enter into that joy. See, that joy comes from him. Look at this in Luke chapter 24, verse 50. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Okay, so let me just put this into context. This is at the end of Jesus's um, reign on the earth, not reign, but his dominion on the earth. So he'd just been with them. He'd been crucified. He'd been raised from the dead. He spent some time with them, and now he's going to heaven, and now he's just like, he's going to fly up in just a few minutes, okay? So this is where he is. And the next verse says, and while he was blessing them, he parted for them and was carried up into heaven. So he's like floating up in this like a balloon. You let it go, it's like it gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and that's exactly what happened to them. Look at verse 52. And they, all those that were there, the disciples, everyone there, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Now, I, I put this scripture in here for, for a reason. Because they saw all the things. They had the roller coaster of what's going on. He got crucified. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen to us? They're going to come for us next. This is terrible. This is the end of the world. And they got all this stuff going on. Then he comes back. He's hanging out with them. And now he's flying off. Wouldn't you think that would be sadness? Wouldn't you think, well, what are we going to do now? But they turned to having a worship service, and that filled them with great joy. The same thing happens in our lives. When we see a lack of joy in our life, put on some worship music. In our app, it's one of the, the things down at the very bottom of worship. You can just put that on and just let, let the presence of God change the atmosphere. And that you go into your day with joy. And you go into the rest of your time. And look at verse 53 says, And they were continually in the temple praising God. In other words, they didn't stop going to church. They kept going and they, they made a life change. I love that. John chapter 15. That's a great one to, to study and just read it from verse 1 through that whole chapter. He talks about being this, this tree and this vine that's planted. He took from this one and grafted it into this other one and, and how the DNA mixes. And that's what happens with us when we accept him. But look at this in verse 11. It says, these things I've spoken to you. Why? Jesus is saying this. This is in red in your Bible. These things I've spoken to you so that my joy 
may be in you. Jesus is saying, hey, that joy that's going to be a fruit of the Spirit, it's not your joy. That my joy may be in you. But this is from the things spoken. Remember it said those things which you've received and those things imparted into you, when you read the word of God, when you, when you see the red letters where Jesus said that, that's, that's so that the joy of the Lord can be inside of you. Look at the next screen. That your joy may be full. He says, I give you life to the full. He goes, hey, man, that your joy may be full. Be, think about that. That's like the word gentleman. It puts a smile on my face to think about my joy being full. How, how can it be a terrible day when my joy is full? But now let's jump up a little bit above that. Because this is verse 11. Let's look at verse 8. My Father is glorified by this. Okay, my Father is God in heaven. And this brings him glory. This makes him so happy. Look at this. That you bear much fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. The nine things that we're talking about. I said eight the other day, and man, I was wrong. It's nine. I can't count, apparently. But the, that you bear much fruit. Look at this. And so prove to be my disciples. Hey, the proof is in the fruit. If you say you're a disciple of Christ and yet you don't have the fruits of the Spirit, even like a hint of it, eh, this brings God in heaven glory, gives him incredible joy that we bear fruit. That we're not just saying, hanging on to this thing and saying, okay, this is just something I check on Sunday, but this is actually a life change that's happening in me. I have to bear much fruit. Verse 9, just as the Father has loved me, I talked about this just a minute ago, I've also loved you. Abide. We looked at this a few weeks ago. It means hang out. Don't be in a hurry. Just kind of stay and just enjoy. Just, just, just bask in that love. And what is that love? That then shows that love to everyone else. Verse 10, and if you love my commandments... You will abide in my love. Hey, if you, you enjoy learning what it is to change from this world to come over into this world, you're going to abide in my love. And, and just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide, Jesus is like, hey, I came here to show you the right way, and I did it. And if I can do it, you can do it. And then is verse 11. These things which I've spoken to you, so that your joy may be full. He says, man, I said all the previous verses. I've said all of these things so you can have joy to the full. John 16, 24 says, until now you've asked for nothing in my name. Hey, you've never used the power and the authority that, that we've given, that was given to you. And, and maybe you're a new believer and you're like, I don't know what any of this means. Maybe you're still just checking things out. Maybe you're willing to say, I will never accept Christ. It's fine wherever you find yourself. But maybe you would associate yourself with this scripture. It says, hey, you've not asked anything in my name. You haven't gone in prayer. You haven't taken the, the prayer guide out and, and just gone through the, the prayers. In this. And again, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you for, and you ask for what the petition is you're asking for. Jesus says, maybe up till now you haven't asked for anything. But ask. Look at this. And you will receive. So that your joy may be full. But can I tell you, it's not a name it and claim it, grab it and grab it kind of thing. It's not this craziness. 
You're asking for things that are in the kingdom of God. Father, I mean, most specifically, I would say, Father, there's these fruits of the Spirit that I haven't quite got yet. And this one of joy or this one of loving my neighbor, I'm not quite there. Can you help me with it? He goes, man, I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to help you. Because I want your joy to be made full. The entire book of John 17, that entire chapter, I should say, is one prayer, one of two prayers, that are the only ones that are recorded where Jesus prayed, that we, we kind of got a peek in, like the camera shooting in, and you, he does, you just send them praying, and he doesn't know we're there. That entire chapter is Jesus praying, and we get a glimpse of that. He's praying for us. He's praying for me. He's praying for you. I encourage you to go read that whole thing and just meditate on it. What Jesus' prayer specifically was for you. See, we hear that God has a plan for your life and it's all these wonderful things, but here's the prayer that Jesus prayed for you. But look at verse 13. In the middle of it, he says, but now I come to you. He's praying to Father God. This is Jesus praying. And these things I speak in the world, he's like, hey, I'm using my power, my spoken word here in this world. I'm like, my feet are on earth, but I'm talking to you, Father God, so that they may have my joy made full in them. One of Jesus is pouring out his heart to Father God, praying for us is, I speak it so that my joy will be made full in them. Jesus wants his joy made full in me. He wants his joy made full in you. Read the rest of that chapter. It's amazing what he prayed. Acts 13, verse 52. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. You see that joy that is the fruit of the Spirit is continually being filled with us. And it, and it goes hand in hand with the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit lead and guide you. And if, if you look back to Galatians 5, what it says, and in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they were given by the Holy Spirit in our lives. But this was a characteristic of the local church. Continually filled Romans 15, 13. I know I have a lot of scriptures today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. You want to have joy in your life? Do you want to have peace in your life? you want anxiety to be leaving your life? Hey, that's what the, the prayer is here. But it's as you trust in him. What's another definition of trust? Surrender. I'm going to surrender my life of the way I think it should go, and now I'm going to trust in God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you will overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. But look at this unbelievable example in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. In the midst of their very severe trial, think about that. Now, just time out. Pause for one second. The Apostle Paul is writing. 
2 Corinthians. He's been shipwrecked multiple times. He's been beaten, I think it's three or four times within an inch of dying, and they finally stopped because he was at that point. They gave him one more. They would legally have killed him. Okay, all these things have happened to him really bad in prison, in the terrible places in prison, just beat all the time, flogged, all these things, and he's writing (laughs) a very severe trial. What? He, he described this thing as his light and temporary struggles. But now he's saying in these other people, in the midst of their very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Mind-blowing. See, the joy of the Lord that is described as my strength Their overflowing joy was just boy. It was just like going, like a gusher coming out because of the severe trial. But it wasn't because they had all the money they needed. It wasn't because they had, I mean, they're going through the worst experience of their life. And extreme poverty. Think about everything that's in this one sentence. But what is characterized over them? The fruit of the Spirit overflowing joy. See, I'm not here to tell you that if you walk with Christ that everything's going to go great in your life. You're not going to have another problem. Everything's going to be perfect. No, we're going to go through some things. In fact, in James it says, count it all joy. The same word, joy. Count it all joy when you go through all these terrible trials. Count it all joy. Hey, let that overflowing joy that's mentioned here just come up well up because that is not a circumstance. That is a characteristic of your life based on the fruit of the Spirit. That's based on hearing the Word, letting the Word change you, and you're translating from this world into this world. Let that overflowing. Philippians 2 says that then make my joy complete. And then it goes on. First thing, by being like-minded. With who? With your husband, with your wife, with your significant other? No, with God. And, and having the same love. What he loves, I'm going to love. Being in one spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead and guide and direct me. And being of one mind. That's when my joy is going to be complete. That's when it's going to be perfect, that it all just comes together in my life. When I'm like-minded with God, when I have the same love for my neighbor that God has for me. Remember, we just saw it. If if you love God, he's loved me, Jesus said, now I love you, so now love one another. And then being in that same spirit, hey, we're going to let the Holy Spirit lead and guide us in our lives. And My mind has changed from this world to this world. Verse 3 says, do nothing of selfish ambition or, or vain or deceit. And he goes, hey, stop trying to live for yourself. There's something way over here. Life to the full is way more big. Way more big is terrible English, but it's way more big. And the way you get there is through humility to value others above yourself. That's just the most amazing thing. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in the middle of verse 1. And let us run with perseverance. The race that's marked out for us. Verse 2. 
Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, he, he came and showed us how to do this. And the perfecter of our faith, he's the one who showed us how we can do this. For the joy set before him. See, he went through some terrible things too. But this overwhelming joy, overflowing joy came up inside of him. He's like, man, for the joy of what's on the other side of that, he endured the cross. Scorning its shame. And then sat down at the right hand of the Father at the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose faith, lose heart, sorry. Think about that. Jesus endured such opposition. He's like, hey, he didn't lose it. You don't lose it. But look at a little bit above that, verse 11. All discipline for the moment doesn't seem to be joyful. So when we go through these changes from living in this world to living in this world, and there's this discipline of going to the gym, it's like, I hate going to the gym. I don't want to get up early. I don't want to take time out of my, and clearly you can see I don't go to the gym yet. I'm just one of the things I'm working on. But you see, that whole thing is it's not joyful, but often it's sorrowful. Yet those have been trained by it afterwards. Look at this, the next screen. Afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Afterwards. Man, there's going to be a time when you're taking this walk with God that you're doing a change of lifestyle. You're doing different things. And you're saying, man, I'm not used to reading the Bible every day. I'm not used to listening to worship music. I don't really like that music. That's not really my style. Yeah, there may be some things that, that may not be fun for you. But afterwards, it's going to yield this amazing, peaceable fruit of righteousness. I told you I have a lot of scriptures. First John 1 says, What was from the beginning, what we have heard, and what we've also seen with our own eyes, they're, they're testifying about this. What we have looked at and touched with our own hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested, and we've seen and testified and proclaimed to you, they're talking to us now, the eternal life which was with God and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard, we're not telling you, we're proclaiming to you also, so that you may too, you too may have fellowship with us. Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father. It's about a relationship with God and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Look at this. Verse 4, all these things we write so that, I love all the so that's that are here, so that our joy may be complete. See, all of this is not just to tell you something to do. It isn't just to control your life because only God can tell you what to do. All, all this instruction about doing these things that may be different for you isn't just so you can say you're religious. No, it's so that. This thing's going to all come together for you. Many times people say, why isn't my life coming together? Maybe it's because you haven't done the things that need it to come together. Maybe it's because you haven't reached that point in your life yet. Would you bow your heads with me? Today, we've looked at two more fruits. We have two more to go next week. But where do you find yourself today? I say this so often. 
But I want to give you the opportunity today to begin the best relationship you'll ever have. We, we saw the scriptures today. It's presented right there for you about how this is a relationship with God. How He loves you. And you begin that relationship with a simple prayer. And I invite you to take that decision and make that journey and start today. If that's you, simply say this prayer after me. Say, God in heaven, I want to begin a relationship with you. I want to know you. Right now, I ask you to forgive me for every time I've missed it and make me brand new. Here's the big word. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, giving your life for me. Today, I give my life to you. In the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe it's a second, third, or 500th time. Lord, the number of times of us coming back to you is not important. It's just the important that we do it. Lord, I thank you that there's rejoicing in heaven. It says every time there's someone who comes and says that prayer and comes back to you. We love you. Lord, I thank you for that. Help us to continue having the fruit of the Spirit grow and manifest in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I know I went a little bit longer than I planned. I told you I had a whole bunch. And I'm trying to just hit the ground running with it. So we're closing here in just one minute. But the, if you prayed that prayer, I want to challenge you to take the next step. And that's simply to text the word next to 469-289-1114. And no matter when you're hearing this message, if you're hearing this message six months or six years from now, text that number and we'll give you the, the next steps if you would like to take them. At least you'll know what your next steps are if you would like to take them. And we'd invite you always and we talked about a few weeks ago to have a plus one, to bring somebody with you on this journey. You may want to copy the URL from our YouTube and just send it out to somebody or, or forward if you're just listening on the podcast, forward it over to somebody and say, hey, I want you to listen to this. And, and then talk about it amongst yourselves and open up the Bible and, and compare the scriptures and just have this conversation with one another. Let it be a conversation starter. We're, willing, we're completely happy to help you with that if you would like. And lastly, if you want to be a part of the financial success and part of the financial runway of our church, you can simply do that by text to give is the easiest way. And it's a different number because it's financial. Um, that number is 469-410-7788. And you simply text the word give to that number, 469-410-778. It's going to ask you a couple of questions the first time. And then after that, anytime you want to give, all you got to do is put the number. And that's what I do. And that's what my wife does. And it's so easy after you've done that and it's all set up. You can just like... 20 bucks, boom, it's right there. So thank you for your gift. And of course, it's all stored in our system. And then at the end of the year, we give you a giving record for that. Or, or you can also go to givetobelong.com if you prefer going to the website. Well, let's close in prayer. Father, I just thank you for everything you're doing. Lord, I thank you for the lives that are being changed. Lord, I hear the testimonies every day. Every week I hear them. And Lord, I, I'm looking forward to when we can share more of those with everyone publicly. But Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. That this is your work, it's not my work. 
And Lord, that my words will fall and they will not even make it past the end of this message. But Lord, your words will live on forever. And your words change us. Your words change me. Father, I thank you for everyone that's taken this journey with us, Lord, and I speak a blessing over them. And Lord, I speak a specific blessing over everyone who's paid their tithes and their offering and been a part of this financial giving and taken that step of obedience. I speak a blessing over them all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.